podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Yeah, I'm Milan. We're on the second to last step of the season. But what are we going to do? A postmortem? Postmortem, just okay. general strategy, feels, mistakes, life, <sighs> summer plans next week. Okay. Yeah. So um, what are we up to here? We're, we're potting Tuesday night after the City and the Arsenal games. Um, got two games in the balance the Southampton game on Wednesday and then Spurs on Thursday. Um, how you did, how'd you do? So I took a minus 16. As I said, I would take a massive hit. Um, but aside from this minus 16, I'm on 114 so far in the game week. And I'm still. Well, yeah, I, I don't like that. Do you do I that? I like it. Yeah, because that's your those are your points this week. They're not, though, because the minus 16 goes in your overall <laughs> before the week starts. Yeah, but it still deducts 16 points from your total this week. Yeah. Yeah, I guess I could see it both ways. So I'm on 114 or 98, however you want to score it on your uh, on your <laughs> scorecards at home. Um, I still have a bunch of guys to play. I'm up 7K, which is fine, I guess, on a minus 16. But I still have six guys to play, which is probably more than most. Um, I went with a differential captain, as I have a really bad rank, and I want to fly with Sané. He was okay, but Jesus would have been better, and we both don't have Alexis, which is a nightmare. Um, I just did right before we started. As of right now, I'm I'm net three points ahead with like the guys I transferred out versus the guys I transferred in, including the minus sixteen. So okay, yeah, well, you still have games to come, right? So yeah, still have... games to come. So probably just going to be a wash. Um, but I did want to shout out. Is not tropical on Reddit. Who came up with the name "Dirty Wildcard," which is what I'll be probably doing every season—a little dirty wildcard. Um, well, hopefully not, because it's pretty drastic. Yeah, but if there's anything that I learned about bench boost and whatever and wildcard is that like, I still think bench boosting on the double is probably the way to go. But I don't think I'll be saving my wildcard. Um, for like that late in the season, just just a brief retrospective on my season. Like when I was really fucking tanking, like just the worst weeks of my FPL life in the middle of the season, like I should have just popped my second wild card there, and I would have just probably stabilized, and I'd probably end up with a better rank, I think, than okay. than where I am now. I did my my average points on the bench over the season are eight. And I did yours. They're four point nine. But if you sub- <laughs> if you subtract the Kapoo weeks, which we both had him game weeks one through five, where he was just going insane, my average like two. yeah, my average is six point three, and yours is three point five. So I, mean, I had two is, non-players on my bench the whole year, basically. Yeah. So my bench boost is still better than average, and I, I like it just. It's just so weird with bench boosts because you look back and there are weeks where like you have eighteen or twenty, but like you can't predict it. You can't predict it. It's like Darun scores against Chelsea. It's just like yeah. okay, I'm never going to use my bench boost yeah. that week. So I yeah. still think it's better and safer to use bench boosts on the double game week, but maybe not save your wild card for there, depending on how your season's going. You know? 
Yeah, I don't know. That's how I look at it. Cost the real looking at it is I bench boosted and I got actual four points off my bench. Yeah, it's better than your average. Zero, I got zero from Yakupovich, <laughs> one from Holgate, two from Kone, and one from Anitabi. So, granted, I did not by any means try and get decent guys on my bench. I was scraping the barrel to yeah, get the better eleven I can. Weakers. Yeah, and I, I mean, it's not like I'm getting red arrows here, but I had a big green last week when I didn't bench boost on wild card, and I think I have a nice setup for next week where I have two frees to get another green arrow, and I have a green arrow this week. I went from 28K right. to 22K. I'm sat on 123 points. Um, I've only got four guys left instead of the, like your six. But, you know, Southampton clean should see me very well over the line, but... It's gonna, I'm I'm pretty much assured a green arrow with Kane Erickson and my double Southampton defenders left. I'm pretty much, unless if Ali does something absurd, I'm pretty much covered everywhere. Yeah, Ali's so, the most dangerous player for both of us. Neither of us have him. Yeah, so I think, you know, I captain Jesus, and then it came in. He's my high scorer. De Bruyne holding him turned out really nice today. And then Sané on game one of their double. Um, Otsul still sitting on 15 points. I mean, he's been, that's a good score. It's not what Alexis got, but he still got a lot of points. So at least I didn't lose that much there. And then Hazard was the real double game week disappointment, as everyone has probably experienced. It's so and, amazing. You know, I had the Alonzo rotation, but that yeah, like Otsul on one assist versus a brace. Getting max bonus is just a fuck you to Hazard, but. Overall, it's been successful. I'm at 22k. I don't. I don't think top 10k is in, in reach for me at all. But you know, I mean, my last season, I think I finished at like 16k. So if I can maybe try and top that, that would be yeah, I was 16k last year. If I could top that, I guess that'd be a pretty feel pretty good about that. But realistically, Alexis is just for me to have a green arrow without Alexis. Just looking at him getting these fucking 80 minute plus goals on both his games and the double. Just sunk me. So shit goals I mean, we, too. We, yeah, I mean, I mean what do you think about Alexis? And, uh. So I need a hat in hand because I was very much like fuck Alexis. He's not worth it. You don't need him. And then he's just sitting with the most points on the double after a decent return in their first double. What? What's the takeaway? I mean, where did we get it wrong? Yeah, I think the takeaway. I think. I mean, you you were spot on. Before these doubles, he was just blanking his life away, and you went elsewhere, and you were getting points, and it was a good decision. But the the main takeaway for me is that if we just rewind the clock five, six weeks ago and ask what we think about Alexis, it's our answer would have been absolute most essential player in FPL, nailed on. He's going to play 360 minutes over his two doubles left, no matter what form, what fixtures, whatever, he's a must-have. And then we just basically, you know, we short-sighted, and once his form dipped and once Arsenal stopped scoring and everything, we, we thought it was okay to get rid. And, you know, our our if we looked in the mirror five, six weeks ago, we'd have been like, well, you're fucking stupid. Like, this was nailed, auto, shouldn't have even been a decision, but... You know, that's what happens. It's kind of how the cookie crumbles sometimes, I guess, you know. Yeah. 14 in the first double and then 27 in the second. 
I mean, I it's the triple cap, both so of just them. fuck it. Yeah, if you triple capped him this week, it's just ridiculous to triple cap a 27-pointers out of control. Yeah, on 81. I mean, we're seeing the top scores on 200, which is, I don't, I've never seen a two-ton two score, I don't think, in a game week before. Um, yeah, let's see. He's on 200, and wow, yeah. I think, yeah. so. yeah. So, yeah, I mean, should have had a access, obviously. Going Otsel minus 12 points on the game week did not work out well. Um, yeah, just, just incredible made, made that we're both on greens, though. Well, that's the other thing. That's is, like you know, the... Besides Hazard, I, had to, I wanted De Bruyne because you know, I thought he'd be good, and he double-returned both weeks for me since I got him in a wild card. Uh, I wear double-digit hauls both weeks, you know, and then I wanted Hazard because I thought he was better form than Alexis, and he was horrible for me as usual. And then I thought Otsel with the savings, you know, we've we've chronicled it. And then Erickson, you know, he's he's Erickson, whatever. We'll see what he does in the next game, but he always ticks along. It's just the money still was expensive, so I would have had to have forsaken somebody. Like I wouldn't have had Alonzo. You probably got, would have had to honestly transfer this week hazard to alexis after like what we talked about on last pod with hazard yeah, and taking a hit to do that yeah the likelihood of hazard being rotated etc but it, it obviously hindsight but that is probably the most realistic way you would have gotten him because yeah it would have all had to of be your like hazard and alonzo yeah all of your decisions were logical and came through last week when you wildcarded so yeah but. so that's how it is sometimes but but re- Still on a green, but whatever. Yeah, I mean, the the thing is with a green arrow, red arrow situation is, like, we're super hardcore, and most of the people who, probably everyone who listens to the podcast is, like, a crazy person and super hardcore and save their wild card and save their bench boost and all that shit. But, like, the average points in the top 10K is 112. So that's good. That's probably mostly bench boosts and, you know, good caps. Captain Alexis was the majority, et cetera. But the overall average was 61. Yeah, well, there's so many dead teams. There's so many dead teams, so that factors in. But, like, I think it paints a pretty clear picture that, like, just if you bench boost, if you wildcarded and you bench boost, and even though you missed Alexis and missed someone else, missed Jesus or whatever, like, you still are doing better than the large majority of FBL players. And you're still, you know, we're both still on greens and I have six guys left. It's crazy. Yeah, so we'll see where we end up after the next few games. But overall, it's been a successful double game week, I think. So. Yeah, I'm happy. Yeah, I'm happy. So, I don't know. We got a weird pot, I guess, because we're well, just looking kind of at punts for game week 38. But hold on, let's open a question. Oh, okay. This dude, Sweet Jesus, on Reddit said... If you had to be stuck in an elevator with either Harry Kane breathing through his mouth or James Milner telling you about his day, who would you pick? <laughs> it's a really um, strong question. Yeah, probably Milner just because the I could at least like zone out on him just droning on monotonously. But the little breathing things like that get to me like deep inside of me, which like, <laughs> causes rage. <laughs> See, mine is the same, same answer but opposite person. Like, I think I could drone out Kane's breathing or, like, hum myself out of it or something. Mm-hmm. But, like, Hamas just talking directly at me and, like, staring at me and being just, like, the most boring James Milner thing ever would really... I would just 
I would choke him to death. I would just be like, shut the fuck up. Just like, I'd just beat the fuck out of him because it'd just be, it, it would drive me insane. So that's yeah. that. Okay. That's, that's your that. two pod hosts right there. Box. So do you want to touch on anything for Gaming 37 takeaways besides our misguided not Alexis ownership? I mean, Liverpool's great. Liverpool's great. Palace is great. Yeah, after you shit on Liverpool, it's nice to get a little rebound. Well, we didn't mention Liverpool the last few game weeks. Why was that? I don't know. They were just keeping clean sheets and winning games. Nil, 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 one, you know, one, two. So they're scoring, you know, goal game for three straight, and then they go 4-0, and you're like, oh, I told you. Yeah, I mean, four clean sheets, last five. They're just good. Go fuck yourself. They're just an elite team. Yeah, just not scoring goals. So whose shot was more appropriate? For a Liverpool attack, when we talked about it a month ago. Well, they scored four this week, and they're probably going to score like four next week. So hard to say, honestly. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, we'll see. We'll but see. Yeah, I guess. Phil. Phil woke up. This yeah. Week Co- when... So Coutinho, the reason, main reason I brought him up though is because Coutinho was. We always say there's going to be at least one like single game week scorer who just fucks everyone, and Coutinho is very much that guy. I'm sure, yeah, like so many him. people, got rid. Yeah, and for, over the last couple blanks, and yeah, no just double. Get rid and, for Ali. Get rid for Hazard, etc. And boom, there he is. So I think Liverpool is an appropriate place to start. Whether you or I were more correct as <laughs> there, but they're home borough. So if we're looking at 38, you have Sturridge back in the side with Firmino possibly still out for 38, who looked great, and then you've got Coutinho at 8-5, who looks great. They seem to be the best place to put in that one-week punt to me, just based on fixture, motivation, everything. What do you think? Yeah, I think it's obvious. I mean, there's only really two teams with anything to play for, and one is Liverpool and one is Arsenal. And Arsenal are also good, and obviously I wish we both had Alexis, but home Everton is not nearly as ripe as home Borough. Um yeah. And yeah, I mean, Sturridge is is gonna be everyone's punt. I feel like, like every hardcore top ten k type of player is gonna be bringing in Sturridge for someone for like, for Lukaku or Acosta or some fucking guy. Because, I mean, he, this is just textbook Sturridge, like dead for life always. But when he comes back, he's just instantly incredible. There's no like downtime with Sturridge. There's no like rust. And if you look at his stats, even just across the whole season, if you do it like on a per 90 scale, they're like among the best in the league. That's just what he does. He's still one of the best strikers in the league. I I think it's a little bit of a tough one, though, because you have to also look at in that price bracket, unless if you're willing to take a hit, which I definitely don't like when you have to make the points up in one game week. Granted, if you're going to captain him, maybe that's a little bit more palatable. But if you're going to get rid of someone like Kane or Jesus or... Costa when he's been rested in their home Sunday because these are kind of the guys in that bracket that you'd mm-hmm. be looking to get rid. That's a tough one for me. Yeah, I mean, I, I understand your point on taking a hit and how it's dumb, but the majority of people are probably just willing to take a punt in Game Week 38. And I'd much rather punt on Sturridge over Costa or sure. Lukaku or maybe even Asus because you're just if you're looking for like the meteoric rise or like the edge on your mini mini league or whatever, then like 
you got to go with that because everyone has mm-hmm. Kane and everyone has Jesus and, you sure. know, whatever. Okay. That's, yeah, so, I mean, for a more differential-minded, that's probably yeah. the punt you'd look to take. Yeah, and then that's Coutinho, fair. too, I mean, is just... Yeah. They're I mean, obviously the somehow two, get both. Yeah, they're both just a class above. I mean, Liverpool are also keeping regular clean sheets, but, you know, you're probably not going to end up taking your hit on a defender, even though they're as nailed to clean as anyone this week. Um, yeah, but you never know in 38, funky score lines happen in 38. Yeah, but that, that's why I think been... they're probably, like, safest bet of any team for a clean in 38. Sure. Because okay. no one else is fucking gives a shit. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I mean... Other punts are just other Liverpool midfielders. I mean, like, Wijnaldum at 11 this week. Lallana could always put up points we've seen. You know, if you're all out attacking and, like, swapping a fifth mid, then, like, Chan or something. You know, it's like they're just a good, one of the only good teams to bet on this week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I think Liverpool is probably home Middlesbrough. is probably the ripest fixture on the slate, especially when you consider... Their motivation. I do think City at Watford is just as good. Um, I think Watford are pretty much done for the season. You've, they've still got like you know Protal red card. He's not going to be there. Who, their defense is always a nightmare. But most of us already have two, if not three, City players right from the double. So they're probably not too much in the forefront of our thoughts. Yeah, and the thing, like, so obviously you keep your City assets in that case, you know, because they still kind of have something to play for. But that's the main difference I think you just nailed is that, like, we all have at least two, if not three, city guys. So I'm not going to, like, you know, go get go upgrade a city guy to another city guy or something no. like that. I'm just going to keep. Wheels. And I'm, I'd rather just get rid of my Spurs, Leicester, Chelsea, et cetera, you know? Mm-hmm. Um. So other fixtures that just jump out. I think Spurs at Hull when Hull have nothing to play for. Yeah, that could be a crooked score line. Mm-hmm. I could see that. So maybe maybe adding a third Spurs player if he got rid. They probably we'll see what kind of team sheet they put out um, against Leicester later on in the week. But they're probably not going to rotate. They've got nothing left to do, right? They're just going to probably play a strong eleven and try and finish on the front foot. I think. Yeah, it seems like Potch's way. I guess. Yeah, and, they'll probably just Hall, go strongest. I mean, Hall getting done four 0 to us really just broke their back, so they could really just bend over. Yeah. That could be a really that could be a really big score. Yeah, it's um, so hard in thirty eight to predict like who just completely fucks off and gets done for like six goals. Yeah, because it's going to be so someone. So uh, maybe more than some, maybe a couple. Of yeah. Someone's. Yeah. What do you think about Chelsea though? So they made nine changes. Hazard and Dave were the only players to retain their start for their uh, midweek game. I didn't even both. shout out Dave. How rude of me! Uh, what a funny fucking point, Dave. legend, that dude. That was my best. Guy, best transfer in easily. 20, yeah, he almost had Alexis points. Yeah, fucking what a diff. fucking ledge. Um, do you yeah, think, Chelsea what do you is think super they're hard. Do? A lot of people were asking about about Chelsea, and frankly, I have no fucking idea. I mean, what most what most people are saying is that oh, they'll just play the other guys and rest Hazard and Aspilicueta. Like, I don't know. I don't think it's that simple. Mm-hmm. They still have. The fucking cup final. Week off. They have the week off, too. It's not like this is a quick turnaround. Yeah, so I don't know. Why not just play the starting 11? I'm pretty sure if they get another win, then they set the Premier League record for most wins in a season. Okay. And the 
second best points ever for Chelsea if they win. Like those seem like worthwhile things to go for that like Conte and and the players would want to go for. Right. So my take is kind of yeah, I guess, and they do have a full cycle of rotate of uh, time off before their cup final. Mm-hmm. Hazard and Dave really are the only two at risk players to me to start because. You know, they're on shorter rest than the other players. But if everyone else, you know, the other nine players were off and I feel like they're going to all come back in, mostly all come back in, Costa, Alonso, et cetera. Hazard, I, I imagine he'd be okay to start as well because it does seem unusual to me that they're going to not start their first 11 on their home Sunderland, like last day of the season type job. But Hazard sucks, so I'm, I'm personally thinking of transferring him out. So he'll probably yeah, I get could see him trick, being but... rested. Just he played ninety, which is like unheard of. Yeah, for very him. rare for him. And I mean, they obviously don't need him. The title's done. I mean, does he want to risk it? He gets kicked a lot. Yeah, I feel like someone like Fab is more likely to start than Hazard. And yeah, I mean, the the one player that I think will maybe still stay on the bench is probably Louise, who was kind of carrying a knock. Yeah, because they fair. need they need someone for Terry because there's no way Terry's not starting. No, Terry's definitely got to get a goal. And he's going to score a goal. He's probably on pens, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, and it, it could be one of those where Pedro plays wingback, William plays Fab plays, Hazard's rested. I think Costa will probably come back in up top. I don't think he's going to probably play Batshuayi again. Yeah, you need then, some form going into the yeah. final. Yeah. Like Ake, maybe he comes in at left wing back. Maybe one of those midfielders I mentioned previously drops out, something like that. But I don't know. Hazard has at least a little bit of cloud of doubt around him, whether or not he'll start based on the fact that he just played 90. But yeah. I kind of feel like he's going to start and he's going to play a really strong 11, and then maybe he'll get subbed off early. But, but like, who I'm would you rather have, Coutinho in. or Hazard this week? Coutinho, no question. It's like by a lot. Yeah, by a lot. Not so close. that's but like the. Would example. I rather have Hazard plus four versus Coutinho? Then I'd maybe think about keeping Hazard. Because mm, I if feel he like starts, I'd still just rather have Coutinho, honestly. I don't know. Four points is a lot, dude. In one game to make up, like you mean, you'd need basically Hazard to get zero and then Phil to get a return to just come ahead on that. And it's a very minimally. You know yeah, I mean, I, mean? I think it's pretty likely that Hazard gets between zero and three. And mm, a Phil yeah, return is very likely, I would say, that it's a he's little just involved ri- in some goals. Yeah, you know? that probably depends more on where you are in your leagues. If you're chasing, then that's yeah. a hit you'd be more willing to take. Yeah, definitely. you got to look at Hazard's ceiling being lower because he sucks. That's just everything on this episode. It's like, if you're consolidating, consolidate. If you're not, fucking go all in take on some hits. chances, yeah. yeah. That's the story uh, of the pod. All right, Chelsea. So that's that with Chelsea. Um, yeah, Terry. I mean, I've been shouting his fucking goal for weeks. And yeah, and here it is. He's going to score another goal this week, and he's probably going to be on pens. Like, it's nailed. So I, I want to bring Terry, him in. Terry Penn would be incredible. He's going to be on pens. There's no fucking way that someone takes a pen <laughs> off him in his last ever Chelsea game at home. Yeah, except he's probably going to just stay next year and play like 15 games because they're going to have they're going to be in 55 games next year. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, just yeah. bring him back. Yeah, that's possible. Why wouldn't they bring him back? He's a fucking captain leader festival. Of captain Blade. leader races scum fucking scumbag <laughs> legend. Um, let's go to Arsenal. Okay, so home Everton's a little bit of a tricky one because when you're comparing them to Liverpool, both with a lot or Manchester City for that matter, they're mm-hmm. coming third in that fixture race for 
ease a fixture, but they've got everything to play for, and they're coming off the back of looking great for a few games with their new formation. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, you got to back them to win the game. The only thing with Everton is, I mean, they've been shit, and they haven't been scoring at all or being good at all, but they have still been kind of good defensively. So it still, like, doesn't feel great. I mean, obviously, Alexis is still good, and Ozil's been returning some points and stuff, but it's just not... It doesn't have the same, like, fucking fuckfest feel as, you know, a Liverpool, or et cetera, that we've just been talking about. Yeah, I'd I th- probably agree with that. I think a probably clean like is two pretty nil. good. A 2-0 seems likely for that one. Yeah, I think a clean sheet is probably pretty nailed. Um, if you're going to punt on really someone, I'd say Giroud... He fucking, he just returns when he wants lately. He had a hat trick in game week 38 last year. That's when Calvin Chan took the title. And That's true. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, he just, just came off an 18-pointer, this double, so there's a good, I mean, that was a great pun of you. Yeah, oh, huge for pun. Him. Yeah. yeah. And he scored in fucking 11 minutes in game week 36, too. You know, he's just in yeah. form. Yeah, and it's clear that he's a much better option for them than Welbeck with this new formation too because he's more of the target man and he's more of the someone to aim for in the box whereas Welbeck's always floating around wherever the fuck. And yeah, I mean, the thing that I mostly realize about Arse and Chelsea kind of back three formations and, and Spurs too when they do it is like you absolutely one million percent need your striker to be able to hold up for like a long time or you yeah. just won't generate attack. Yeah, it's you like, need time for your guys to run behind. And yeah, because like your your wingbacks are come back so far deep that like you need, really need like a long ball up and and Kane and Costa and Giroud these guys are all great at it. They can play mm-hmm. with their back to goal and just hold it up. Everyone catches up to them. Then the attack really begins. And Welbs was just like yep. he just can't do that at all. No, no. So yeah, maybe yeah, Giroud. I mean, Holding was a fucking legend. If you got him in, um, he came off huge. Yeah, I mean, across the two doubles, Holding had you know three cleans and huge haul, fifteen and seven for four one is ridiculous. Yeah, it's ridiculous. So I'm glad I I got Holgate instead of him. That was yeah, and I'm glad I got Stevens who didn't play yeah. last game. Yeah, but he had a good return in the last double. Yeah, he did, and and fuck United, he, he'll clean United. Yeah, they should clean United. They're terrible. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, so what about looking at some more budget guys in terms of like weird budget mids or whatever? Because we all need, if we're going to make double swaps in 38, we need some like lighter. Yeah, I have my budget guy that I love. Um, he's an old old friend of the pod. Junior Stanislas. <laughs> Stan? Stan, the man, dude. He's back. Stan, the man. Is he back? He might be properly back. I mean, he started the last two and scored the last two. He has pretty much like equal numbers as King, who obviously has a billion goals in his last billion. Stan also is on corners, some set pieces, probably on pens, and he's fucking 4-6. And they're playing Lester, whose defense is just decimated. Yeah, but Leicester at home's always a tough nut to crack. I just feel like that game's like a three-three written all over you it. You think it'll just be a crazy game? Yeah, really just open. game week thirty-eight, like Mares yeah. showboating, like just bullshit game. Yep. 
I can definitely see that. I totally did not even remember Stanislaus is alive in the world. That's yeah, a fantastic he's, show. He's all of a sudden back. <laughs> That's a fantastic show. Thank you. Um, I was kind of looking over at Lanzini a little bit. Mm. I don't know. Bur- Burnley at home is always like a little whatever, but I, I feel like this game week 38 when there are goals, like I think that getting those kind of main men on the teams is always a good option. I don't yeah, know. I it's like Lanzini's, it's everyone's last hurrah. It's like yeah. what do you what do you want to be remembered for this season almost is like what they're playing for. And someone yeah, and like think, Lanzini, yeah, I think that's a good shout. And I think that's the kind of game where you have two shitty sides with nothing to play for that they're gonna like abandon their old ways and just kind of attack and do whatever the fuck because it's just a fun game. Yeah, and you love so a selfish like Lan- player like Lanzini for FPL. Yeah. Like yeah, he's and he, just, he's on pens with Noble out. Yeah, and he just shoots so much. It, like yeah. dumb, stupid decisions, but good for FPL. <laughs> yeah. Southampton-Stoke's an interesting game. I really don't know. I don't know what to make of that game. I don't know if they're both just so inept at attacking that it's going to just peter out, but I think Arnie's a doubt. I think he like left last game with a, his arm in a sling. Mm. So I don't know. Shakiri, I was kind of interested in just because he's in that budget bracket for midfielders. And he's looked okay to me because he's just been healthy and he always is good. Southampton's a tough one. Then the other game I was looking at for the budget mids is like the Swansea-West Brom game. I just feel like that's another one where they have nothing to play for and maybe there's someone on Swansea who's going to just come in with a very strange double return or something, like maybe Key or You mean Fair aside from someone. Siggy? Yeah, well, Siggy, but like at 7-4, he's a little bit more expensive than yeah. I'm looking at right now for this conversation. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. maybe, yeah, you know, like maybe Even someone a Tom like Tom Carroll, honestly. Yeah, Tom Carroll. I mean, I guess Fair's kind of dropped out of favorites. That's a bad shot. But yeah, like Tom Carroll or some shitty ass fuck on Swansea could Your come Ente, in with like fucking a, three goals in his last four. Yeah, six two. I mean, there's a there's a budget striker if you need to make weight with funds there to get someone like you know Alexis or KDB or whatever. Yeah, I like that. What about um? But, what about Palace versus United? Who's just going to be? Backup eleven, no interest in playing at all. I still just think that their backup eleven and with a parked bus is going to be tough to break down. Then I just don't think when we're looking at these other games of like bad teams playing other bad teams, mm-hmm. where it's like Palace is a bad team playing a good team. Yeah, no, I see. Your I'd point. rather, yeah, I'd rather go somewhere else where I think there's a chance that the game is just a weird open four three game. Yeah, game that's like what you're looking for. Yeah, that's yeah, and I don't see that United just Mourinho's just going to be like, oh, like you guys play like yeah, because it's still like, going to be De Gea, it's still going to be Bai, it's still going to be like Carrick and shit. Yeah, yeah fucking that's fair. It's going to be all those fucking oaf. So, I mean, I think your Stanislaus shout, for example, I'd rather have Stan at four six yeah. and literally and any Palace midfielder. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I think that's about that for that. Yeah, that's a lot of that's a lot of guys that lot, I like. A lot of options. A lot of options. A lot of options. A lot of action. A lot of action. Um, let's let's go. Let's box it. I don't want to talk well, about on. defense too. I no just a couple questions, kind of like speculative questions. Soldier underscore double oh seven asks: Should Alonso be reclassified as a midfielder, and should Milner be changed to a defender next season? So I mean, that's tough. We've did we talk about this on the pod or were we just... No, it was just us, bands. So there's two ways to look at it, right? Like, you look at Milner, for example, his history as a human being is a midfielder, but he played zero games at midfield this year. So that's one case where he wasn't playing a wing back; he was playing as a left back. 
does FPL grant next season's classification based on their previous season or their entire career? Or do they do a combination of both and then see what they do in the summer and then project it out to what do they think what position do they think they're gonna play? So none of those things are very clearly outlined in the rules in any capacity. It's whatever. Yeah, I feel like know, this is mark. like a new problem that we haven't yeah, had it's to a little face bit, before. Yeah. We had a little bit before, I think, with like Rooney and things like that, where he's kind of going back and forth. Forward and mid, it's, yeah. Yeah. It's going to be whatever Mark from Fantasy Football Scout wants to do with all of us as we are his playthings <laughs> in the world that he lives. <laughs> but um, I think for him, it's a different case. I mean, that's what we're, we'll see. I mean, the precedent's clear. He played 38 games at left back, he played zero games at midfield. If he's classified as a defender, he's going to probably be the first name on my team sheet because he's going to be better than Baines because he's playing on a team that has. Uh, more pens in them than a shitty ass side than Everton, and they have more clean sheets in them as well. But if he's classed as a midfielder, he's just continually going to be not an option. He's just zero However, zero percent picked. Yeah, yeah, there's zero chance. I mean, even if he's priced at like five five, I wouldn't want him because you're you're slotting one of your four players on only getting attacking points when they get a penalty, which is not something I'd like. That's just not. Um, yeah, it's not reliable. Yeah, it's not reliable enough. I'd rather have like Stanislaus at five five and open play with like blah blah blah, like those yep. kinds of players, you yep. know, or Zaha or whatever. But in terms of Alonso, it's a different category because Alonso and Moses and Moses, yeah. I mean, they played exclusively at this wing back position. So, is it a three five two with five midfielders, or is it a five three two with five defenders? I mean, that's the question. When you look at his average positioning on the on the map, heat maps and stuff, it's clear that he's in midfield. He's not playing defense. He has twice as many touches in the opposition box as he does in his box. Yeah. So he also, for Alonso, for example, historically, he's never been, he's never played as a midfielder. He's either been a fullback or this new year with, with Conte and Chelsea, yeah, where he's been a wingback. So that's going to, that's a new one. What are they classifying the wingback position as? Is that a midfield position or a defender position? You have other players like Ox who played. A very small percentage of their games as a wing back, and then the majority as a midfield. I think that's a no brainer because you're still thinking he could slot in at midfield moving forward. Alonso's tricky though because yeah, Alonso you know and that Moses if, are the most most interesting because three at the back, wing back, etc. is kind of new to the prem. Like it doesn't yeah. work this well or been played this consistently. The other thing that's interesting when you compare the two is that Moses has, has never played as a fullback before. He's only played as a midfielder, whereas Alonso's never played as a midfielder and he's only played as a defender in his career. So are they going to really just take on board what they did this calendar year in their position and classify both the same? Or are they going to look at what they did this year and then look at their history? Because Moses has more of a chance of slotting in at midfield moving forward, for example. If they change formations away from the or wing back, or even if formation. they get a right back, Moses will be a backup winger. Yeah, et cetera. Yeah, exactly. So that, I think that right there, when you look at the two of them, is going to tell us what they are going to be doing moving forward for classifications. But when it's all is said and done, it doesn't really, you can speculate, but we'll get the information when they release the game for the upcoming 2017 2018 season. We'll talk about it and assess at that point, and we'll see the prices and we'll figure out if they're good or bad, you know? Yeah, exactly. God, Alonzo, dude, if he's still a defender, yeah, his starting I price might just be like 7.5. Seven, 7.5. Seven, yeah, I think back when like Vidic had all those goals or yeah. Ivanovic was coming off those all those goals when they're playing on like a top two side. Mm-hmm. I think what they were, Baines after he they had were like one six, really five. big year. They were, I think they were up to like 7.5, I think. There was one year I think Baines was seven, 
seven five. Yeah, seven yeah. seven seven five. I think. I mean, that's if they're going to continue to classify Alonso as a oh, defender, for be. example, that's where he should be in the seven seven five region. And same, you know, if Milner is going to be classified as a defender, I think he should be in the same region as well because Milner, with all his pens, he's going to guarantee you at least five goals a game uh, a, uh, during the season. The season. Yeah, at least is... there's no question they're going to get under. Five plus, who knows if he gets like, you know, one or two odd open play goals. Yeah, though. so that's first or second most goals from a defender in the league nailed. If yeah, he's a defender. And, I, and I think that also an interesting thing, if they do classify players like Milner and Alonzo, and we'll talk about this after, this is pre-game week one next year, but I think it's going to open the game theory aspect up a lot more and, and how we allocate our budget because you can make a strong argument that 775 Alonzo and Milner are both maybe the best value plays in the game when we look at all prices said yeah, and done because they're getting those clean sheets. They're going to be getting bonus a lot easier due to how they do in the BAPS plus when they get those goals. and you know. So we'll have to see. That'll be interesting. Though. I, I hope they are both classified as defenders because I think it'll give a lot more variation. And it'll be a lot yeah, more it'll be a different kind of structure than we're used to going into yeah. the season. Yeah. And then one more question just before I move on. Who would you want or be most excited about having from overseas in FPL next season? Guys that are getting rumored like James, Griezmann, et cetera. Yeah, that, that's loaded. I, I, I don't know. I need, I need some more time. Why don't you kick it off? I mean, those two names you just mentioned. Those James two names are very, very sexual. I mean, like, James is rumored mostly to United, which doesn't really excite Dent, me at all. I don't. Yeah, dense his appeal. Yeah, I, I don't really see that as a match. I feel like Mu would fucking despise Hamas. Yeah, um, Griezmann, I absolutely love everything about him. Mbappe, I absolutely love everything about him. I mean, mm-hmm. this is obvious. I'm just naming like the best goal scorers yeah. in the world, I mean, what basically. We, you got like Lacazette, who was heavily rumored last year to yeah. come over. But I'm, I'm, one of the guys I'm definitely most excited about would be if Chelsea actually go through and get Benucci, which they were rumored to get all summer. Um, yeah, you think he'll re- he'll reunite? Yeah, I mean now they've won the league and their champs league and everything. I think it's probably time. And Benucci okay. had a tough time with with uh, what's their fucking manager's name again? Oh, um, Allegri. Allegri. Yeah, they they had their beef and he got benched and all that shit. I mean, Benucci's got the range of passing better than like anyone in the league pretty much other than yeah, like fab but, yeah that's a tough one on david louise though to upgrade from him because he had a fucking blinder this year yeah but upgrade on gaza or move as to right wing back and put him in there yeah. you know what i mean yeah 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 yeah, yeah, as, yeah. And, and louise i guess has yeah that's fair. And i just love watching benucci when we yeah, had him in great. euros is just an absolute festival yeah. his diags are like toby yeah exactly um <laughs> All right, let's go to uh, our yeah, transfers and captain. Let's do captains first. So yeah, captain. you know, we touched on a lot of the punts, but I think you and I are both of similar mind where I think Danny's kind of the move, right? Yeah, I think I'm going Sturridge. Um, yeah, I think... Even if Firmino gets fit, I mean, he hasn't even run yet, so he's probably not going to be fit. Even if he is fit, I'm pretty certain that based on like Sturridge's reaction and game and Klopp's reaction after the game and everything... I'm not like worried about Origi starting over Sturridge in the last game of the season. Like, no, I mean, it, it was clearly more sense on that. display who's better, and it's not even close. Yeah, that's no remote competition of thought. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree with you. I think Danny's probably the best punty captaincy option. But in terms of but just Coutinho's consolidating, a great captain too, and he's I guess safer. 
I just like still don't like him more than Danny. I think he just like, especially if he's going to be playing in that midfield three, granted that he had the game on, on his own plate with the space he was getting. I still just feel more confident that if you're looking at Bray's hat trick, that I'm going to get that from Danny than yeah. Phil, who might be, you know, hockey assisting and things yeah, like yeah. that. Definitely. I, like, I think, I like yeah, Surge has the highest upside of anyone, I'd say, this week. Yeah. A hat trick's very within his oh, it's reach real. against Burrow. Yeah. But outside of that, because he's definitely going to be a very, very low-owned punt, um, for the typical template players, it's hard to look past Alexis with the home fixture. Mm-hmm. I think Kane is definitely a good option at Hull when they've got nothing to play for. And I think, I mean, anybody on City at Watford, that could be, you know, a 5 nil cricket score. And it, it's going to be one of those where there's a lot of captaincy options and someone's going to have a 15-pointer. And it's just going to be a matter of if you kind of go and follow your gut. Yeah, I would go Costa if I was going anyone on, on City. I would still yeah, go probably. Jesus. Yeah, I mean, he's yeah, just... probably. He's the most nailed out of him between him and Kuhn. And he's just he's just so fucking good. It's actually just crazy. And yeah, he has, he's good. His only blank this season was the game he got injured in. Every yeah, other game, game he's returned. he played nine minutes. Yeah, it's like ridiculous. Yeah, he's very good. Um, but yeah, that's about it. That's though, about right? it. Yeah, I mean, okay. I'm sure people will go nuts and captain all sorts of punts, Giroud or whatever the fuck. But you know, yeah, game week thirty eight's supposed. You're supposed to have fun in game week thirty eight. Go fucking Josh King. I mean, he scored a fucking thousand goals this year. So yeah. And then our teams quickly. What are you looking at doing this week? I mean, there's still more games to be played and shit. So I'll have to see, but. I definitely want to bring in Danny. I definitely want to bring in Coutinho. Um, I think Sterling will probably be a sacrificial lamb, sacrificial lineup lamb. Um, and then forward, I'll probably, I guess Vardy will be the one to go for, for Sturridge. Um, yeah, even though that fixture? Yeah, even though the fixture. I, I mean, I'm just playing with like bias right now like it's yeah, much yeah. more fun for me to have storage than vardy even though it's yeah, probably ra- not like a great hit to take and you'd rather get rid of vardy than can yeah or jesus okay um well, good. although i do like i like backing my own shouts too so maybe i'll sneak in fucking uh stand I mean, somewhere yeah or just also could get rid of can because vardy's been really good for you yeah yeah whatever yeah. um yeah, I'm, I'm similar. I'm, I have two frees, so I'm definitely going to be double swapping. And I'm looking at trying to do maybe a Hazard, Victor, Nietzsche be double swap where I could get in someone like Stanislas. I'm like around five five million for that spot and then get in Sturridge for uh, Stan and Sturridge? Oh. Yeah, so that's what I'm leaning that's towards. That's a match made in heaven the, right there. Yeah, barring no other injuries. But I think the other option I have is trying to, you know, I don't know, get rid of Otsal instead, but then... I don't know. Fucking fuck Hazard. It just doesn't make sense to get rid of Ozil. Yeah, yeah. He's been good and they're home. He's been good and Arsenal are going all out. Yeah. So, Who knows at Chelsea what they're yeah, no so one barring, knows what they're gonna do. Yeah, barring injury in the next couple of games, that's probably where I'm leaning. I'm a little bit nervous because I'm gonna be relying on starting Yoshida and Stevens both for thirty eight home stoke, which is just a lot of eggs in one basket. You don't I have, have no other guys? Happen. I have Holgate and Kone. So no. and Sune. Yeah. Fuck. So that's what I'm gonna be doing. So yeah, whatever. We'll see good. how they Yeah, we'll see how they do. I mean a clean cheat against the Arnie less Stoke is not out of the question at home. Yeah, not at all. 
But it doesn't feel good, but whatever. Defense. Maybe we should save our AOAs for Game Week 38. It'd be so fun to have AOA this week. Yeah, but I had I had a great AOA. With yeah, you did. Durango. It would just be so fun to bring in like Chan or Stan yeah. AOA and start two defenders. Yeah, that's true. True story. Chan and Stan. Um, right, so I just wanted gonna... to also shout out um, these dudes are putting together this magazine for FPL, and they sent me the first issue, and it was pretty cool. So I said I'd shut them out. It's just fantasyfootballmag.com. Check it out. Support them, whatever. Um, okay, that's nice of you. Yeah, um, nice. so we'll do another pod, a postmortem pod at some point near after Sunday, like sometime midweek next week. No rush. Yeah, no rush. Postmortem pod. It'll be fun. It'll be silly. Well, maybe we'll do like okay. a few opening questions or something like that. Okay. And then in terms of the summer, we're just going to be off. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's no fucking competition. Yeah. It's just, it's going to be our first ever break. Because yeah, we had true, we had World Cup and we had Euros, yeah. Okay. So right, well, we'll we'll get into it more next pod. Yeah, we'll talk about the future next pod and and Ted okay. and Todd. All right. Check us out at fmlpl.com. Follow on Twitter at fmlpl. Email us in fmlpl at gmail.com. Join our league like on Facebook, Twitter, iTunes. Cheers.